Hey y'all, it's Kiss. Just wanted to give a little context for what you're about to hear on this episode of Ergo. On Sunday the 31st, Damon, his partner Jennifer, and others were beaten, detained, and arrested by CPD in the midst of the unrest, protests, and police riots that have been occurring across the city and country. Uh, We'll be on the line over the next few days to talk a lot more about it, and Ergo will of course continue, but a couple hours after getting out of police custody yesterday, Damon recorded this IG Live video detailing what happened and sharing his reflections. Jennifer as well shared her experience and her reflections. Um, The video is up on both Damon's Instagram at Damon underscore AF, as well as the Ergo Instagram at Ergo Radio. But we wanted to make sure that y'all had an opportunity to hear what happened and his thoughts uh, as quickly as possible. Sending love and strength and justice to all of you. If you're looking for ways to contribute right now from wherever you are, check out the resources we've been sharing at Ergo Radio, um, as well as the people who have been on the show. Um, Check their socials, look at the work they're doing in this time, because the leaders we need are the ones we already have. All right, y'all. Let's hear from Damon. Hey, hey, everybody. Uh, um, just want to say I, I love everybody. We we we're home. Um, you know, a little banged up, a little bruised up. Uh, I, I lost my phone, so to anybody trying to reach out to me right now, uh, I'm sorry I can't contact you. But I just want to take a little time uh, and, and really express gratitude for all the support, but then also, uh, um, you know, tell the story of what happened. Um, and I think, you know, contextualize my understanding of what's going on in this moment right now. Before this, uh, people were, were uh, reaching out and wanting, I know people wanted to know how I felt were looking to me and us uh, for, for, for guidance in this trying time. Um, and, you know, try to be careful of not having all the answers, but I want to, I want to share right now. So I'm going to get, I'm going to loosen up. <laughs> it's yeah. also I just, just also wanted yeah. to say hello. Um, to everybody. Uh, Sorry, I don't really have a voice right now. Um, But I also just wanted to express gratitude um, and really express how powerful we are um, and how community and how direct communal action uh, was able to free us and was able to get us out of that jail. Um, And how, you know, uh, we have access to a community that a lot of folks don't have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, and really a lot of the work that we do um, is to make sure that people have access to that type of community and access to that type of love and like care. Um, and so we're just grateful that we're here um, and able to speak with you all mm-hmm. um, in this time and in this moment. And again, uh, just really wanted to express love and express gratitude. Uh, for everything, for all the tweets, for all the messages, um, for all, you know, the outpouring of love that we've received. We're just forever grateful um, for community and for the community that we have. So thank you. So I love you uh, and, and I appreciate you, babe. Uh, so, yeah, just, you know, one, one I want to say, um, you know, also we weren't the only people arrested. So I want to uplift. Uh-oh. Let me get off that. Let me oh, start. Okay. Slow down. Yeah, my, <laughs> uh, my bad. So I don't do a, a, a lot of this, but uh, you know, one, I want to uplift other people that 
everybody that's been harmed or, or arrested in this time, but, you know, particularly with us, uh, Chris Starpoet Brown, uh, you know, really want to uplift, you know, his struggle and that he was yeah. there. And I, I don't think as many people knew where he was, was locked up. And so um, I don't think he also got the same public support that he deserved. Uh, and I want to uplift Malcolm, uh, who I've heard has been, been transferred back to the police station in the lockup where we were. Um, and, uh, you know, we need to continue de demanding his release. Uh, but I, I want to just tell a little bit what happened to, for folks who are concerned, uh, interested, um, and kind of also just give my perspective on this time. And I want to say in this, like, I, 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 I'm, I haven't slept much. Uh, I'm not really into, I'm really charged up right now. Um, and I feel accountable to a, a community of folks. And so I haven't really debriefed with anybody um, and, and we haven't like got collective messaging fully together yet. So I'm speaking like from, from my personal, uh, place. Uh, and so in that, if anybody who, you know, I was in circle with recently or is in community, like, you know, wants to help check any of this, uh, please feel free. Yeah. So and to... I just saw folks in the comments, um, mention that folks are doing jail support for Malcolm, um, at 51st and Wentworth. Um, so he went to the hospital last night, um, and they had him handcuffed to a wheelchair, um, and then they took him back to uh, the precinct and that's where he's at now. So if you are able um, to tweet about that, to get there in whatever capacity that you can, um, I, I would say to do that right now. Sorry. No, 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 no. So, uh, you know, I'm about to, you know, just kind of go through and recap what happened um, and, and what we and I experienced. Uh, and I want to just start by saying, you know, in this time, there's so much opportunity to, to create a new structural reality. And that's what motivates me. Um, and so, you know, this experience uh, pushes me so much further. Uh, and this is what my, you know, we dedicate our lives to. Um, so it, it's, it's wild because yesterday I was just telling people uh, every day for the last six years, uh, I have been thinking about abolition, about abolishing police and abolishing prisons every day. Every day I've been thinking about revolution and what that means to me um, and trying to embody, you know, that process and, and, and that idea. Um, so this time is, is really, um, it's really, a, you know, it's really significant uh, for me. So, so in telling the story, I want anybody who's watching this, anybody who's not familiar with the politics of our movement uh, to know that, you know, I believe regardless at even done at its best possible level, uh, in policing and imprisonment are harmful structures on a, that produce collective harm, are violent structures that produce collective harm. Um, and any resources that are put into those systems could be used better doing anything else, <laughs> like literally any other thing, uh, I believe is, is a better solution to the harm and violence that we experience in our community uh, or in the world anywhere. And, and so that's why I want to start for folks who are new to these ideas uh, before I get into story. So yeah, I, I wrote some notes down for those who know uh, me, know I'm not like a note reading person, but but I want to make sure that I try to, uh, you know, capture my, my, my memory as best as possible. Um, so, yeah, I'll start with my injuries. Uh, you know, I, I was slammed on my head. Um, I was I was uh, beat with batons. Uh, I had my face pressed into to concrete with full body weight. And, and you know, the, the same position of, uh, uh, you know, police officers placed their knee into my neck, uh, into the ground multiple times. Uh, very similar to, to what we saw happen to George Floyd. Uh, but I'm here and I'm OK. And this is kind of what happened. So. Uh, you know, yesterday, before we ended up in Hyde Park, 
was a part of uh, a body of folks that was coming together, organizers working on strategy um, and, and demands in this time. And it was really a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, and so I'm really grateful for all the organizers that showed up there and all the people that showed up there. You don't got to consider yourself an organizer. Um, and, and, and the space that was held. So in that time, we saw, as we were meeting up and strategizing, we saw uh, a protest coming down the street uh, near Washington Park. So some of us went to go check that out while, while other of us stayed and finished our meeting. So I w- another thing I want to commit to is, is I don't want to name anybody that uh, ha- I've not seen uh, publicly say that they were present uh, or that have not been identified. So there may be times where I want to say who I saw or who, you know, who was a part of the story, but I don't want without their consent to, to name them or place them, uh, you know, in this situation. So anybody that I named, I feel people have saw or, or they have communicated that they're there. And I haven't seen much because I haven't had my phone. So I also haven't seen the news. I know it was on the news and I haven't seen the stories that have been circulating on social media. So I don't know what folks are aware of. Um, but I was hearing from Big Tree, uh, who, you know, is, is, is a homie that we, that we love and respect. Uh, who was over near Hyde Park and saying that there was a standoff going on um, for about, you know, 30 or so minutes. Uh, and so was able to, you know, wrangle the folks that we were with and we went to go support. Um, and, and uh, you know, we pulled up to support. We had been out earlier, Jennifer and I and a few other people on 47th. Uh, and this is just interesting. You know, so many lessons about policing that we knew uh, just were so visibly clear uh, for us yesterday. Uh, so we were out on 47th near Calumet. Uh, near the strip that, that you know, uh, stores were vandalized and things were confiscated. Um, and we watched the police watch young people go in and out of stores for hours. Uh, we, we watched them stand there and do nothing. The only arrest that I saw was when they were upset with what, what a young man was saying to them. Uh, so it was really about just establishing dominance. But it was clear they were not to engage and intervene. And I know a lot of people upset, particularly about the villa, um, and I was watching them stand there and, and watch people go in and out of the villa. Uh, and so I just want to contrast that to what we saw when we went a mile over to Hyde Park, um, how police were deployed and lined up to protect all of the hotels and the stores. Uh, and they were not just watching. Um, and so that's part of why I think there was a standoff is there is this protection of capital, particularly Hyde Park, the University of Chicago's yeah. capital and, and, yeah. and a, you know, a more privileged uh, you know, elite class. Uh, and so when we was out early in 47th, we were just doing what we came to do again, just observing, um, uh, engaging people, right? People upset, people are thinking, people are saying really profound things, trying to help hear and listen to and respond to what people are saying, uh, and also looking to protect, right? It was a lot of young people out. And so, uh, you know, having been experienced in, in police standoffs and the uprising, just wanted to be present, wanted to be able to observe. And if anything, you know, needed to happen, uh, being there to protect our people, but wasn't really active in, in any intense way. So then we pull up to Hyde Park later, uh, where, where the police are, are very intense. Um, and it's about a group of 200 folks and about 20 or so organizers are showing up just to be supportive and be present. Um, and so we get there within about five minutes of the standoff ending. And so folks are able to continue with their protests down 53rd Street. Um, and many of us are like picking up the rear. And for some reason, somehow, I don't know, you know, what you first saw. Yeah. So uh, what I basically saw was, um, so we were kind of by like 50, 53rd and something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw police like running towards uh, the intersection at Lake Park, like kind of by where the villa's at. Um, and so I just saw them darting over there. I didn't know who was over there. 
just ran that way to try to attempt to protect people um, from the violence of the police. Um, it's like literally we learn violence from them and all they care about is like money and violence. Um, and so, you know, I ran that way and then I, I saw our comrade Big Tree um, and her daughter over there and they were, you know, get rough with them. And so, you know, we put our bodies there. And then from then it just kind of, it felt like a, a series of just like getting beaten and thrown to the ground and getting stomped. Um, in an attempt to like de-arrest Damon, in an attempt to de-arrest Malcolm, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, and so yeah, so that you know, that's the part where you know I, I saw Jennifer, uh, you know, running, um, and when I turned the corner on Lake Park, um, saw that they, were, you know, that the police were being being aggressive and, and assaulting and pushing and, and bashing Big Tree and, and our daughter Anna with the uh, with. Their, their shields and, and grabbing folks. And so I also want to like pull out, um, you know, definitely ain't no trainer, no expert, but want to pull out some of the lessons that we're learning from from what's going on. Um, and so I, I see folks getting pushed, getting getting banged um, and started to use the tactic of de-arresting folks. Uh, and I'm no expert on that, but have ha- had to do it in large groups. Uh, and to me, that just means like bear hugging and putting your weight in front of in front of uh, the police and trying to leverage folks away, uh, which I recommend as many people do. We should not be passively letting them take us and kidnap people, uh, which is something else I want to talk about in a moment. Uh, so I'm seeing women. I'm seeing three three women being uh, brutalized by police, uh, and I just come to to protect, come put my body in between. Um, and that was the first time I got knocked down. Uh, um, uh, they, eh, Shitty man, did some like martial arts little like he tripped me real bogus, real quick right. and smooth, and I was kind of salty because uh, you know when, when, if in a situation like that you you know you can't use your limbs in any type of way. You really just need to try to hold down space with your body weight. Uh, so you can't, you obviously can't. You know they are authorized to use force um, and then have legal protection from any engagement, uh, and so you know you can't push back or hit back when you're getting hit uh, in the, in the same way. But you can also you can also get down, you know, well, all right. <laughs> uh, so I see, I see these women, you know, being attacked. I see a couple other comrades getting over there and being able to get folks free. That was the first time I got slammed down. Uh, um, and then I saw uh, uh, Jennifer still being attacked and was beginning to be slammed down and just another point of tactic. I saw her losing her balance. And so as she was falling, uh, I, I, I grabbed her weight and pulled her towards me and let her fall on me so she wouldn't get slammed in concrete. Uh, and then, you know, held her body and, and rolled over um, to try to help shield um, so that, she, you know, to be in between. Um, and so at that point, they, they were kicking us. Um, and specifically, um, one officer was banging me down with, with the, the baton, baton kind of like a plunger. Right. So it wasn't a one handed strike. It was both of his hands with his body weight pushing down. And uh, so my only focus was trying to shield her, but then also keep my body tucked. Um, to keep me and make sure my rib cage wasn't exposed. And so most of that impact was going into my elbow. Um, and so we had been through this before in 2015, after the, the, the release of the video of Laquan McDonald's murder. Uh, at that time, they were using their bikes. Uh, and so there was a comfort in that moment, not a comfort, but a familiarity of seeing the danger um, and knowing that, you know, knowing how to protect and how to, you know, use the ground as a way to shield yourself as well. Um, we were then in that moment allowed to get up and it was pretty clear that the cop was, you know, who was doing it was, this was a white cop. He was excited um, and enjoyed it. And so I got up upset and he was eager to continue. Right. So it, it was clear that they were trying to let us go in that moment. 
but he enjoyed what he was doing. Um, and so I began to look around uh, at that time. <laughs> so, you know, I see a couple other folks getting in touch with do a few more de-arrests. Um, and, you know, I began looking at every black and brown officer in that face, particularly the black officers. Yeah. The brown thing, I don't even really use that word, uh, but, you know, I did see what I, what I would acknowledge as folks who were indigenous to the Americas, uh, you know, in, in uniform. And I looked them each, each one of them in their face and tried to tell them, you know, your, your ancestors are ashamed of you. Um, you are shaming your ancestors um, and you are embarrassing your family and children and future, <laughs> future yeah, descendants. There was, there was even one point where we were trying to like de-arrest Malcolm or I can't remember. But I was talking to a black officer and I was like, you know, you know, they will hurt you if you don't have your badge and this gun, if you don't have this uniform on. He's like, you know, they don't care about you. And I could see like the tears welling up in his eyes. And it is, it's just like really crazy. That's really counter to my experience. So I'm not, I'm not no, saying no, that no, to justify yeah, or invalidate no, what you said. Not at all. Um, but like people are also in pain mm-hmm. um, and, you know, have been, you know, um, pushed into like these things as well. So, so I, I remember also at that time uh, seeing um, Chris Dalpoa being, being, you know, instigated and, and, and being cursed at. And so he was upset. So trying to help de-escalate him uh, um, and protect him. This was before things got like re-intense. Um, and so then, then at that point, I see that they have Malcolm and they, they have him surrounded. Um, and, and that was just, that's also a very triggering image. Uh, for me personally, um, and, and it's reminiscent of things we went through five years ago. Uh, so I was pretty determined uh, at that time to, to, to make sure that we was going to get him free and get him out of that situation. Um, and, and so, you know, yeah, it was triggering to me. An organizer I don't want to name, uh, who, I, who I really love and admire, um, started naming that we should link up. Um, and so, and, and I, you know, or we kind of just came to a moment of that and I, and I agreed and started trying to bring people and imploring people to come in and join us because they had him in a circle, in the center of a circle, and they were all facing out. Um, and, and so, um, you know, started all the people that were, because we were separated from this group of 200. So it was, you know, less than 30 of us at this time. Um, and it's mostly folks who I would consider organizing and folks who have a relationship with. So it was really my people, our people, um, you know, outnumbered. Uh, and so I started imploring people because there's a lot of people outside to come in and help join us. And I just want, you know, it's kind of, it was a weird moment because some did early, you know, uh, shout out the, you know, the air, air quote hashtag allies. Um, I, I say kind of jokingly, but it was like a white dude who off jump was like, Hey, do you want me to put our body in between y'all? Uh, and it was like, yes. And that, that implored me to like, yeah, more people, you know, I saw other, you know, I definitely saw black people. I saw other people kind of show up, uh, in a moment, but it was, it was a time where it was getting more intense. Uh, and I was calling to people who was outside watching this, uh, to come join us, come support us. Uh, and I saw a lot of people spectating, um, and you can't demand or expect anything of strangers or anybody to put themselves in risk. Uh, but I will say I'm really skeptical of anybody who was outside intentionally, uh, during a time like this and watching, um, and like, this is going to sound a little bit more binary than I would like to, but I'm, I'm really curious and skeptical of black men who I saw standing on the corner or standing with their phone watching black women and, and black teenage girls get stumped on and get beat with batons. Um, and there's just citizens and just people around just watching that shit. Um, I, that, that, that is something I can't fully comprehend or justify. Um, but it, but it was happening. So that's something I want folks to be accountable to. If you see your people getting abused and hurt, particularly if there's numbers, 
to to be a passive spectator in that time to think I need to document this. Right. Or just um, to come up trying to take a picture. Right. Like you you literally see like people being thrown to the ground and us trying to de-arrest people and put our bodies in front of people. And you really care about a picture. I had to tell someone like this is not the time for photos. Like people are getting like assaulted and like stomped to the ground by the police. Um, so it's just like an awareness that was not there. Um, and wasn't present as like people were were being assaulted. Yeah, so so that shit was black. That shit was soft. I would just say it like that. So we have we we, we have this circle, um, and just trying to say, just let them go. Like this will be easier. Like wow, y- y'all could just let them go, and and this will stop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we you, the, there was no looting, no theft going on, no no force being used. People were literally just walking down the street. Um, and so then they pushed through us. So we had a circle around them, but we didn't have enough people at all. Uh, and we obviously don't have any equipment and they have a lot of it. Um, and so they pushed through us and, and, and they began, you know, striking. And so just another point of strategy um, as they would hit me with the baton. And none, a lot of stuff I wasn't trained on. So, you know, some, some of these things just experience. Some of it is in, instinctual and maybe, you know, ancestral, but um, hitting me with baton. Um, and so my strategy was as he was hitting me to hold it. Um, and, and just hold on to it so he couldn't continue to swing it. Uh, and so the, the cop that was hitting me, was he seemed so afraid of losing his baton that he stopped swinging and put both of his hands on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that then didn't allow him to thrust. Um, and so as that was happening, just put my weight, didn't try to wrestle it from him so it's not a tug of war, but just to hold and, and keep my weight on his baton so that it can't be used as a, as a weapon for force um, until it felt comfortable to be able to, to separate and get some space. Um, and so that, that's something that I think people should should be aware of. If in that moment it's difficult, uh, it's hard to catch, and they get really they can get upset. Uh, okay, I thought somebody and, and folks can continue work to uh, get Malcolm home. Um, so eventually, uh, I became surrounded, um, and an officer grabbed me from behind. I couldn't see who this was, obviously, uh, and then slam body slammed me directly on my head um, onto the street. Uh, and at this point, I became super alert. Um, it led to like a really calm presence, uh, but I'm also kind of concerned. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've grown up, you know, as an athlete and I've had at least two, if not three uh, concussions or, or head injuries. Um, so just concerned about head trauma uh, in this time. And I was I was concerned because I recognized it was my full body weight. And, and uh, Malcolm was released from the hospital, but they took him back to the precinct. Yeah. So fun. he's currently at 51st and Wentworth. So if folks um, want to support or call like the mayor, call, you know, that precinct um, to get him out. And mm-hmm. that is also what you can do or head there physically to 51st and Wentworth to the precinct to yeah. help with your support. So, you know, uh, at this point, so, uh, you know, got slammed on my, my head onto the concrete. Um, oh, and, hi, Zari. And it was, it felt... Uh, That's I, I, one of my students. I'm sorry, I had to say hello to her. And was concerned about head trauma and, and it brought a, a sense of calm uh, and I didn't feel pain. I didn't feel much pain. So obviously adrenaline was rushing because I didn't feel much pain um, as, as I was getting bashed with the baton earlier, like I said, and in that moment... Uh, I recognized the impact that I felt. There was not a, a matching level of pain, so I was really concerned in that moment and started to recognize my heart rate going up. I haven't, I hadn't ate much that day because I was really charged up all day and really um, intense and excited and concerned and active. So all I had was a breakfast sandwich that took me three fourths of one that took me like 
two, three hours to eat in pieces because uh, I'm so charged up. And so I started recognizing my, my, my physicality. Um, so at that point, then tried to, to, to rest my heart rate, was on the ground. Um, and then other people were falling and I recognized folks trying to protect me in the same way that I was doing earlier. So Jennifer was on the ground with me and someone else who I you know, love very deeply mm-hmm. Um, uh, was there holding us and and and, and supporting us um, and trying to protect us and trying to get us out. So it was about three or four of us trying to get out from a, a circle um, uh, that that we were surrounded in. And what I recognized pretty clearly, because uh, oftentimes they just try to push force um, and, and clear you out and and then get out the way and do what they're trying to do. Uh, but I think uh, it was clear to that they were targeting me for arrest um, because there was people on me and they were moving people away. Um, and as I would try to get away, they say get him. Uh, and so it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't at first trying to. It look, I'm sorry. It looked like Pilar said there's um, a press conference at 1 p.m. at 51st and Wentworth. So they they need folks out there like immediately right. if right, you so can make it. Once we finish this, we'll probably head we'll probably there, head over there. Um, or actually, if anybody got, I, I don't. I we lost my keys in this situation, so my car is actually still illegally parked in Hyde Park, which is the jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so maybe it might need some help with transportation. We'll also reach out to our family. But if anybody here has Jennifer's personal contact uh, and you're going to the um, to the press conference on one, we don't live too far and we'd like to be there. Um, and so it, it, it became clear because uh, I didn't hit nobody or didn't, you know, wasn't aggressive or forceful in any type of way. But it became clear that they were targeting me for arrest. Um, and not just to be cleared out. Um, and I think it was likely because I was vocal in trying to organize community observers um, and was articulating the strategy that we were kind of coming up with on the fly. Uh, um, and then I think probably <laughs> evoking their ashamed ancestors. Yeah. <laughs> and, that and, was really bad and con- when we started And condemning their legacy. I have a feeling that that, uh, that probably contributed to, to, to me being identified. Uh, and so at that time, Jennifer is, is, is near me by, but then she gets away and they're, they're trying to get me to be able to get up and run. But at that point, my body is completely surrounded. And so I didn't have like enough space to leg- leverage my legs to get to my feet. So I was trying to get up, but they were they would continue to hold me down. Uh, I saw my sister at this point um, struggling to help me. Uh, I, I, I saw um, Jennifer after getting away, realizing that they had me. Uh, at this point, they began pressing my face down into the street. Um, and this is when they were, they were placing their whole weight and their knee on my neck. Uh, and I couldn't see which officer did that. Uh, like I said, after getting hit in my head, I was super alert and super like aware of what's going on and in a much deeper sense of calm. So I was aware uh, that they were doing what they had done to George Floyd in that moment. Um, and so I don't know if anyone got any uh, footage or was able to observe that, but that's what I felt uh, being on the ground. Um, and so at that point, I'm still resistant, even though I'm surrounded and trying to give folks as much time as possible uh, to be able to to support. Because I know folks, you know, aren't, aren't passive in this moment. Uh, so there are other ways that you can resist. Um, uh, uh, so, you know, straightening up my body, curling up my body, going limp, going stiff. Uh, uh, they're trying to get control of your hands. So f- balling your hands, moving your hands when they have your wrist, uh, slipping in and out uh, as they're trying to, to cuff. Um, and then laying my arms under my body and laying on top of my arms uh, mm-hmm. definitely delayed them being able to, to grab me. And to yeah, tam- that's why I have me. all these like bruises on my arm right here, because I had like my hands and fists as they were trying to put the thing on me. And then they were like trying to grab me as I was. Yeah. Was- uh, and so at this point, I, I was super f- fatigued 
it had been a couple of minutes and, and realized I was at like the limits of my physical capacity. Uh, and, and at this point, they had me so isolated that I knew uh, folks weren't going to be able to get through. Uh, and so a lot of my, 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 my physical uh, fight back was becoming more futile. And so after I was cuffed, then just uh, just went limp. And so, you know, did not in any way uh, assist them in lifting my weight from the ground to the street, to the car. So just another point of resistance. Uh, um, and, and, and so I, I see you, Jalen. I, I appreciate that. Um, I'll finish this. I'm going to hit you up. Um, and so that's just another thing of just like never go, for, you know, for the shit when we're in this moment. You got people together. Um, and, 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 and it also just, you know, slowed down the process. Um, and so at this point, as they get me in the car and they get Chris in the car with me, uh, thought poet, uh, I then see uh, Jennifer on the other side of the car, um, and she she was obviously upset that I was being taken, um, and it's, you know just one of the most emotionally difficult experiences of my life because I'm seeing her anger, and panic and pain, uh, um, and then I, you know I see her get knocked to the ground, be abused, kicked and stomped uh, by four to six grown men, uh, some of them black men. Um, and I couldn't, she couldn't hear me and she couldn't see me. I couldn't me, see him. I couldn't uh, hear him. All I knew that he was tinted, in the car. Behind tinted glass and what I assume was probably bulletproof glass. And they also, I asked repeatedly where they were taking him and no one would tell me. Like, Pete, they were refusing to acknowledge where they were taking him. And so the only reason that I knew where I was going is because when I got in the car, um, I asked the, uh, the transporting officer, I was like, where am I going? And he said 51st and Wentworth. And I still had my phone in my pocket. And so I was able to fortunately text like our people, like my, my family and our brother and Christiana um, and let them know where we were headed to. So I was really just fortunate to have my phone in that moment uh, because I don't know that people would have known where we went if if I didn't have my phone and mm-hmm. wasn't able to text people. And so also during this time while this happening, uh, I believe my keys were in my pocket uh, and they fell out. So if anybody saw car keys with, a, uh, with you know, accurate car keys, LA Fitness tag, if he was out there and maybe happened to pick it up, please holler at your boy. Uh, that, that would that would really help me a lot. I also lost my phone. Uh, you know, I kind of I kind of chalked that up to the game, to the revolution. I'm sure, I'm sure somebody got <laughs> yeah, that shit. Really but, fair. so that's the second revolutionary phone I lost. But, <laughs> But I'm not, you know, I'm not going, I'm not no martyr. So, you know, I'm fortunate to have a backup phone uh, that I'm going to try to set up. But if somebody got my shit, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, give me a <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, somebody picked it up. Uh, but or I, keys. But, I, but I, ima- I imagine, you know, some of the folks that was out probably probably got that. And, and I chalked that up to the game. Um, and so now, now I'm in a the car, they're speeding off. And I want to I talk about my experience with the officers uh, to talk a little bit more about, you know, what I feel about police and policing uh, and the structure and also kind of break down some of their shit. Um, okay, should we just give Let Us Breathe? Yeah, uh, for folks who are trying to support uh, the Let Us Breathe 773 Cash App. Um, so Let Us Breathe is the organization that we are a part of. But, but we, we, we can pin that thing. Or you go ahead. Um, Sorry, I'm trying to pin it, y'all. So please send money to to let us breathe directly. But I, you know, I've seen other donations come in from like personal friends. So we appreciate you and like thank you for that. Um. Yeah. All right. Uh. Uh. Um. And so yeah. So at this point, in 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 the car, um, and we're starting to speed off. Um. And it was really interesting. Some I want to pull out. 
Um, one of the officers immediately said, hey, do you see Vic Mensa out there talking shit? Uh, so Vic was out there <laughs> uh, with us. Uh, and it'll become a little bit clear later as I tell the story, uh, but I feel like it's significant. And it was it was pretty clear to me that, that, that Vic triggers uh, the police or, or triggers this officer particularly. And so the thing he said and then continued to repeat later throughout the evening was, um, uh, what, what, what Vic out there? He was just out there talking shit, man. What, what, what has he done for anybody? I see if it was Chance. I see if it was Chance a rapper. What has Vic done besides give away shoes? Uh, and so that that's political um, in terms of action. But also it's just funny you see grown men fanboying about yeah. and trying to put still pit chess and, and Vic against each other in this little... Sorry, I'm seeing butt. people ask if they could still cash up us, us, us personally. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. We can maybe think about that a little bit more. Yeah, I think through the implications uh, of, yeah. of that. That's I, pre, I do appreciate it and that, you know, I always do something with some bread, but... Oh, yeah, I want to think about that. So, so through Let Us Breathe uh, right now would be appreciated. Um, so then I then began, you know, engaging them from the back and telling them I hope they're proud of themselves. And then, you know, and, and then and then uh, start to get, get in my bag a little bit. Uh, uh, so, you know, one of the things I said was, um, you know, arresting me is going to make this worse. Uh, it was kind of a little bit of a flex. And he's like, what, what, what you to organize or something? And I was just like, yeah. nah. Nah, just with the people, but but you you know y'all making it worse, right? Um, and that me and that officer, we then you know that that would then kind of play out a follow out a little bit later of just um, you know how they see us and and the lack of understanding of movement and organization and regular uprising of people, um, and you know then get started to get into a, a, a bigger thing of uh, they 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 very quickly. Uh, wanted to begin shaming me and Chris uh, and guilting us for all of the social unrest. Um, so it is our fault, uh, folks who just come out to, to support uh, to, to, to that, that unrest is happening. And we're the reason people are upset. Uh, um, and then also, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I think I was a little bit concussed. So I'm a little bit all over the place. Uh, but also in, in that time, uh, began telling them like, yeah, y'all are the reason, y'all are part of the problem. Uh, and they started talking about all the shit that's going wrong and I, you know, how they're the heroes. Uh, and, and I told them, uh, you know, all the resources that go to your job can do so much better things. And I was like, you know what? And they're like, well, what y'all gonna do? I was like, well, if you give it to us, we'll do it. He's like, ain't nobody gonna give y'all shit. And I was like, well, they give y'all a lot. Uh, and so it's just interesting to hear that arrogance. Um, and so from there, I was in a room with what was then 80 to 100 percent black men who were police officers for about three, three and a half hours uh, before I was put into a holding cell. Uh, and so I knew I was going to get out. Uh, uh, and so and then I got a little bit bored. And so then <laughs> uh, at times I would just engage them. Uh, and I just want to want y'all to hear kind of just some of the ways that they think. Uh, and this was mostly black men. So I also want to like talk to black people uh, right now. Uh, so even the white officers that would come in through and like, you know, they're, they're like performing for us. I've been in a situation before where they, you know, they get to talking about their shit. Uh, and so so they're clear that, the you know, that the officer and the killing, you know, that happened was, was wrong. Uh, but they disassociate um, so much of the harm and abuse that people experience from police. Um, and And they... 
disassociate themselves from collective systems. So here's what I understand over the years of dealing with police officers and engagement. They don't have any sense of systems. They don't have any understanding of their power. Uh, they all think that they are they they are really deeply in, involved in the project of proving that they are a good guy and heroes. Um, and so, yeah, I want to kind of just pull out some of the things uh, that they were saying. Uh, and I hope I would I would enjoy them seeing this. Uh, so I hope I, I hope that they understand that I believe that they were sincere and I would not describe them as apathetic. And I can see that they're frustrated that shit is going up. Uh, and they ask, it's really tired and they don't know what to do. Um, and they sincerely do not understand uh, people's political reality and don't understand what's going on. Um, and so I think they would believe themselves just like watching them kind of in a little clubhouse. Uh, I think they would believe themselves to be cool, smart, honorable and funny. Uh, I think there are a lot of people who like receive this pr projection of them and how they behave. Uh, I don't think they was none of that. They were, they were, you know, in my opinion, they were goofies. Right. Uh, they were pretty arrogant. Um, it was clear they felt superior to me intellectually, which was laughable. Uh, uh, and, and sadly, um, they were unconsciously but explicitly speaking anti-blackness. So they were saying things that if you saw a Trump supporter say about police in, in black communities, uh, they, they, they were saying things that if you saw a white person in general say, you would be disgusted and um, repulsed. But this is a point of accountability. You know, we could talk about what, what get called looting, uh, but my accountability is to the black community and the black middle class, uh, particularly, uh, because they were saying things that, would, that were of middle class logic and that their community standpoint supported. Um, and so I want a lot of folks to know uh, um, that you and your logic are a lot of times supporting the efforts of policing. Uh, and, 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 and so I want to pull out some of the things that they were saying. Uh, one thing that they were just saying clearly that they are very much concerned with property. Um, so they kept talking about the, the amount of damage and just how terrible it is that all these stores uh, were, were, were being destroyed and that, that this was such a, 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 a violent act and so harmful. So they, so they were, they were dissonant about it, but very clear that their first concern was property. Um, uh, um, and I, I'm getting to the end of my notes and there's a lot more to the story. Uh, uh, but, but that was one of the things that they really pulled out. Um, they also, Hi, David. It's another one of my students. Thank you so much, David. Yeah, I, appreciate, I appreciate. love you. Sending you and your mama love. So, so here's one of the things that they said, right? They said, everywhere I was growing up, my community said we needed more black police officers. Um, and so we need to stop with that shit. Um, they were saying, hey, we got pastors that are police officers. Uh, and so we need to hold the church accountable for their support. They need to stand up right now and, and demand a different system. Um, uh they they were were proud to 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 say uh, that that they went one went to HBCU and one went in the military. So our, our educational institutions and historically black colleges uh, need to be accountable in this moment and creating a context where we believe that American militarism and policing is, is an heroic act. Um, Period. Uh, and what was clear also is that policing is a, is not only it's so many things, and we'll, I, I want to pull some about. Obviously, it is racist, uh, but it is an act of class warfare. So one of the things that they were saying is like, I'm from the hood. I lost my brother. My other brother got locked up. I lost my cousin. 
Um, I had I ain't had no different opportunities from these other guys. I made good choices. Uh, so what was clear was that they were saying black people are bad choice makers. What was clear is that they didn't have an understanding of collectivity. They I would ask them questions. So why do you think the black community is struggling? Um, and they would say it's not right. It's plenty of black people doing fine. So this this elitism exceptionalism. Yeah. Another thing they kept doing is, is speaking to me as superior. So they knocked off my uh, my like scarf and shit. And like I got. Uh, you know, dusty Corona braids right now. My hair looking like a young meat meal. Uh, and then my, my hair was down. And so, you know, I, I, they were seeing me in a certain context that was clear and thought they were explaining things to me um, and thought that they were, were were more educated or whatever than I was. Um, and so they, they and thought I was younger for a moment. Um, and so there was this thing of we sit here every day and we talk to young people. Uh, they, they, they all, they all want to get high. They don't want nothing out of their lives. We try to help get jobs. And what they were trying to say is we are heroes. Um, we give this beneficial impact to young people. Um, and that sending them here and and telling them, uh, uh, giving them advice without any resources, uh, um, so it's, just a true lack of just like structural yeah, yeah. analysis it, um, and a lack of like systems and their impact on black people. Yeah, like just complete yeah. void of that like knowledge. And, and what they say is we talk to them. Right. And, I, and what I say is like, you're not social workers. <laughs> you're not psychologists. Um, yeah, that's a good thing to have is people being talked to. Uh, but but you are not the person to do it, particularly to someone who's handcuffed on a bench. Uh, so that was another thing. I was in a room full of police officers and there would be times where I'd be tired and wouldn't say shit and just listen to them. And there would be times for, for the sake of the exercise, uh, would engage in debate. Um, and just the arrogance of how they move, they were cutting me off and uh, weren't interested. You know, and y'all obviously know police are, are, are douchebags. So it wasn't, it's not far-fetched to say that they, you know, were not engaged in any type of like, real interaction, but it was clear that they were just trying to justify their position. Uh, and all of these black men, uh, one, do not have love or do not see a black community. Uh, they see black people uh, as bad choice makers or uh, or as separate individuals. Uh, and, and they were very clear that it is their choices that put them in this position um, and that they are a benefit to society. Um, and so I would smile at them. I would say, I would tell them that they are, are politically ignorant. I would tell them that they can't understand even if they wanted to. And many of them were sincere. One guy said, man, I know, I know history. Uh, I watch, I got a Henry Louis Gates documentary. I watched that joint five times. I know Dr. Sabin. Uh, uh, about Henry Louis And so I kept telling them, you know, because they were like, what y'all out here for? Uh, I kept telling them, like, I can explain it to you. I do this for a living. All, all I do is try to explain to people you know, about why we need systems beyond police. And they're like, all right, let me hear. And then they would keep cutting me off. Uh, one, And then they would say, well, we're not doing right. So why aren't, one thing they say all the time is, why aren't you protesting black on black violence? Why aren't y'all on the other side when they kill us? But when we kill each other, we kill each other, we kill each other. Why don't y'all do nothing about that? Um, they, they feel, they, you know, really strongly um, about that. Uh, and damn, damn. And even like while I was waiting for lockup, even like some of the young boys in line have internalized like this right mindset and they've internalized that their position or their situation is based on solely their choices Mm -hmm. when it isn't. There are choices that, you know, they didn't get the chance to make. They didn't get the chance to um, decide where they lived or decide what school they go to or, you know, and so even like younger people and like boys who are like 14 and 15. First of all, I was in. Yeah. That's how shows you how mm-hmm. unorganized they were because I was in lockup with yes. Anyway, um, but boys who are fourteen and fifteen have like really internalized this mindset and really believe that 
it's their choices that got them to where they were and not like structural racism and like oppression. Um, and so it's really sad on all levels. So these were just fuck boys, right? Like they thought they was cool. Uh, it felt like they was, it felt like the, the high school football locker room mixed with like a debate team. Uh, they, I would not describe them as particularly smart, particularly aware of what they're doing. Uh, it's a lot of fumbling bureaucracy. Uh, I'm really interested where all the money goes because their, their, their computers are, are, are old and they don't know how to use them. And they were struggling to like fill out reports in very simple ways. So I could have been out, you know, what it took to do. I could have been out in 10 minutes. It took seven hours. Uh, uh, one, they weren't in a rush, but because they were trying to explain the world to me. But two, because they... They they didn't have high competency, it seemed. They were unorganized. Uh, beyond using physical force. So I, I mentioned Vic earlier, and so they kept saying this thing about, you know, you see Vic out there? Um, and so, you know, Vic was was out there with us in 2015 after Laquan has made music, you know, 16 Shots and other pieces, and, and has continued to, you know, up, you know, uplift resistance to police and police violence. Uh, and they're clearly really triggered by him. And so what they kept saying is, you see Vic out there? Um, I, you know, same thing you said earlier, like four or five more times. Uh, what has he done? He won't be on shit. Um, they saw, you know, I see if Chance is out there, uh, but all he did was give away shoes. The giveaway shoes thing is because the police had a bait truck to set people up where they had uh, a box, a truck with boxes of shoes open and then tried to entrap people into robbery. And so Vic Mensa, uh, and Save Money, Save Life then called for donations and gave away shoes to that community. And there was difficulties and complications in that. Uh, and so it's easy to critique the action and the response as opposed to the oppressive uh, targeting of young people for no reason. Um, but I bring it up because then they started saying something much more significant. Uh, and so I appreciate the organizers because I know uh, things got all the way up to Lori Lightfoot's office. And I know a lot of people are wanting to um, view her as a star or as a political hero. Yeah, let's uh, make that clear. And she is quick. not. But also I, I want her to know uh, or folks that support her to know uh, that not only is police and class warfare, and not only is it inherently anti-Black, racist, and violent, uh, but it's also a, a homophobic act. Uh, and so what they began saying when more officers were coming besides the two arresting officers was, uh, man, Vic's soft as hell. He gay. He gay. He gay as hell. Uh, and, they, and they were like, yeah, and Chance. Chance is gay. They gay. And then and they're like, no, he's not. Yeah, no, Chance gay and his brother. His brother's really gay. So just, uh, just a homophobic uh, uh, conversations just freely and openly and ignorantly. Uh, uh, and so Lori Lightfoot as a celebrated uh, black and queer mayor uh, who is a, a pro-police uh, entity uh, in my book, um, who also is responsible for all of this and, and ordered the escalations of the first day and the second day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just let her know that, that you know, her officers uh, are homophobic, violent, um, patriarchal men who, you know, very basic, you know, women need to stay in their place. Conversations were happening, um, you know, talking about Jennifer being strong and, and, and supporting me and, and saying, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't have her out here. You should be protecting her. Uh, me and Chris was like, man, you know, that, you know, just basically laughed and invalidated the, the assumptions of which he was making. Um, and, you know, then he started to mock the strong woman trope. Uh, um, oh, you didn't tell me that. And that, you know, it was my, it's, it's my job to protect and keep, keep you know, keep mm-hmm. her in place or keep her out of shit like this. Uh, so then after this three and a half like debate. Uh, and so it, one thing that came out of this that is funny is, uh, you know, I, I speak a lot about police systems and incarceration uh, and I don't fuck with being on the panel or, or having a debate with with cops. Uh, I've, I've got tricked into doing it before and I've done it behind closed doors. Uh, and now I kind of want to form uh, with a black cop. 
who really believes in that shit. Uh, and I just want to invalidate all of their logic in front of in front of people. Uh, and I think they'll do it. I think they're arrogant. I think they have they they feel that they are uh, the heroes and superior in community, and that they are honorable. Uh, but they're not smart. Uh, and they're not trained to be smart. It's not, it's not even like a, a pejorative. Like it, it is clear, uh, that it is not like a, a deep thinking space. Uh, and so I, just for fun or just kind of the catharsis of this and like doing it again, I might want to like do that in some type of way, but that's kind of whack also. Uh, so one, you know, one last thing before talking about getting released and, and, and movement, um, and, and, and wanting us to continue going and supporting was from there. Then I was in a hallway for probably about 90 minutes to two hours, uh, um, and it was with other folks that were arrested. And so there was a line of, of men who were adults uh, who they were going through and processing. And then next to us was two teenage boys, 16 and 17, who would, I caught in some store or something. Uh, and, they, and they were playing around, right? Like all of this is fun to them. Uh, um, you know, they, they definitely were frivolous and just with the shits, you know what I'm saying? Uh, they, they defined themselves by, by the housing projects that they were connected to. I don't want to identify them. Uh, uh, but but they, their identity uh, was, you know, in street organization, uh, and they thought that this shit was funny. Uh, you know, I could tell that that violence was play for them, as it is for so many black boys. Uh, and, and and to them, it was not the political moment. It's just you know the space that we're in, which is real, right? Uh, but I just want to talk through and engage some of the conversations they were having because I walked up and they were in a much more cordial play. Like I'm thinking, get let out. I I fuck with you know cops fuck with me all the time, and so it was almost like this coach little brother like you know, the, 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 you know, substitute teacher, young boy type of talk of like, oh, I'm gonna school you, but also joke with you. So they're, they're joking with them about, you know, uh, if they don't change their habits, how they're going to be getting locked up and how they're going to get abused in jail, how they're going to get their teeth knocked out, how they'll be sexually violated, how they'll be forced to, to, uh, take contraband, uh, uh, joking about how, you know, fuck his mother for $40. Um, you know, all in play, the kids are laughing with them and joking with them and calling them goofies. Uh, but just watching them, uh, think that they're training. Oh, you play basketball. You're asking little dumb questions like what you're going to major in. Uh, um, but they had them there for hours because they were supposed to get processed a different way. Uh, but they didn't know what the fuck they was doing. So one, the people were supposed to process them say, you got to take them over where they got to go and get processed. And then the, the white shirt dudes is like, you can't go process them until they get processed. So it was like just hours of what do we do with these juveniles? Uh, and I'm watching them. Uh, condition and laugh and 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 reassert their dominance casually um, through again violent homophobic uh, arrogant patriarchal uh, um, engagement um, and so they were there for hours and, and and they hadn't called their family <laughs> yet and so uh, the, the, you know started to ask you know they can just get picked up if if a family member comes and it had been hours. Uh, he's like, you know what? I didn't even think to do that after joking and talking about basketball and talking about fucking his mom, you know, uh, uh, and they finally called a grandmother and the grandmother wasn't at first able to get there because the buses were shut down because the mayor shut down CTA. Uh, uh, and so, you know, that's just another, uh, I think just interesting dynamic to watch. And so I feel most accountable in this time to hood niggas and street niggas, and I use that term in the all gender expression. Uh, uh, but that is where I want to challenge organizers. So if you call yourself in for black liberation uh, and you have any discomforts or you are triggered uh, by by the, the, the cultural consciousness of what I would call hood niggas and street niggas, that's something you got to get with because uh, that is where our work is. Um, and 
uh, something I, I'm really passionate about checking from you know this point forward, particularly within movement spaces. But anywhere uh, is what, what I think you could call anti-hoodism or anti-streetism. Uh, we could call it elitism, but I think we want to be a little bit more specific, uh, you know. And so, you know, that's something I want to forefront. Uh, and so from there, uh, also my nose was bleeding the whole time. I, I, I you know, just to be transparent, I, I, they they were worried or aware of it, uh, and I, you know repeatedly refused medical attention. Uh, ambulance ended up coming. They like looked at it and cleaned at it, but they kept they kept trying to make me go to the hospital. Not make me, ask me to go to the hospital and say I should go. Uh, and I continuously refused that, knowing I didn't want to be moved anywhere. I was assuming that folks were around and supporting me. Uh, but my, my face kept bleeding. Uh, and so, you know, a woman sergeant who seemed to be like running the bureaucracy of the shift um, saw me and then, you know, made sure that the ambulance was going to come see me. And so then the support started building up. And so the cop I told earlier that you're making it worse, uh, they said, hey, the alderman is here. So shout out Alderman uh, Rosana Rodriguez. Uh, shout out Brendan Schiller. Um, shout out Renee um, and all the people who support. Um, shout out Daniel and Christiana uh, for, I know, you know, wrangling a lot of support from folks. Uh, we said the alderman's here uh, and they're looking for him. And he was then salty. And so he tried to just justify that there's no way he could just be looking because, they, you know, they at first just thought I was just, you know, some little nigga, uh, which I am. <laughs> and uh, um, he was like, oh, yeah, they just came around looking for people with injuries. And so they heard that he got injured. And so now they want to check around. I'm like, no, nah, that's not it. They're here for me. I tried to tell you. Uh, and then he fucked up his report and got in trouble because uh, he didn't write down. He didn't document that. My nose was bleeding. Uh, uh, and so that was just a little funny moment of them not recognizing that there is a political movement and body of folks uh, who, one, are organized and have been thinking for years of how do we organize direct actions? How do we support our people? How do we create new structures? And they did not have the competency to even understand uh, that people would show up for people, right? Because they had just used to process some people, locking them up and throwing them out the next day. Uh, so I'm standing in this hallway for about two hours or so, uh, waiting to be processed. I'm thinking to get I bonded out. Um, and then, you know, they do the whole thing, fingerprint and, you know, get put into like, you know, a holding cell, which was a first, I've been arrested a few times before for political action and just other shit. Uh, but it's always just been in a police station and let go. <clears throat> it was the first time, like on some like, you know, TV shit, like the cage clank and like, you know, in a two man cell with all poet, um, uh, and so, uh, you know, Brendan Schiller, lawyer came and came to like the whole like lawyer room conversation. Uh, and it was clear that they uh, at that point were letting me out to six in the morning. And so I was like, oh, damn, I was I was a little shitty. I was, <laughs> I, was like, oh, I thought it was sweet. I thought I was going to uh, just get right up, up out of here. Uh, so I was told we're going to be in there overnight. Uh, but from what I can gather, um, <clears throat> the pressure of the people. Continue all the way up to, to the mayor's office. Uh, folks from, you know, who I know work in City Hall came down to the station. Uh, about 40 or so folks were stayed outside of the station until we were released. Um, and so they said just a point of victory, right? Of, of Even in these small moments of, you know, six hours is six hours. But because of curfew, the, the, the plan was to not release anybody at 6 a.m. Uh, but, you know, legal support, community support. Uh, political action, direct response, organizing, um, people making flyers, people sharing, um, 
they then decided to fast track us. Yeah, uh, and people were the people who were out there with jail support. I really just want to shout those people out and like the folks who were behind organizing that, because those folks were literally not going to leave until all of us were free. And so the the dedication and the kind of um, strength that goes into facilitating that after you have been brutalized and after you have been assaulted, you know, for you to put all of your effort into that is just a beautiful like display of community so, and like so just so powerful. So, um, sorry. No, baby. Yeah, I just was. I just it was just yeah. It was just you know walking out to all those people. You know, that thirty seconds of you know the outpour of love walking out is a is a is a love you can't really explain uh, and most people are not fortunate to ever receive uh and so i'm i'm really grateful and that's the reason why i'm talking right now because uh, i know there's a lot of people that that love me and i'm fortunate and just being in that space uh you know we we saw that there are a lot of people that don't have the love and support that we have uh and so i don't take it for granted i almost feel em- embarrassed and also frustrated of like you know wanting to be there more to support in the way that I was supported for folks, but also it's unsustainable to do jail support for all this. You know, you can't stay out to two, three in the morning after marching for out, you know, that, that we can't always do that. And so I'm so grateful for the folks that, that did. And it, you know, it, it, it made my, it, it, it made a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the police state agents were saying one thing uh, and the pressure of community and the people made it a different thing. Uh, and that's really at a basic level, you know, what this is all about. Um, and so, uh, you know, that, that's pretty much the story. Uh, I know Malcolm went to the hospital and was brought back to the police station and we, we need to get him out as well. Uh, but I just want to want to center again abolition and what we're talking about right now. Oh, and another thing, they, the other thing that they were really, really hampering and wanted me to be per- feel personally guilty for uh, is the destruction of black business. I know that's a, um, a triggering thing for a lot of people. Uh, so I want to say first, uh, for any small local black business owner who may have uh, lost property or, or, or saw financial loss during this time, I have sympathy for you. I know that our economy is set up in a way uh, where no small business owner is, is designed to have any success. And it's really a difficulty, but particularly black businesses not have access to the capital. Uh, so I, I recognize the pain and the triggering of that. That's a story. And why y'all tear up your own community? Some motherfuckers been saying for 50, 60 years. Uh, I, I believe it's flat political analysis, but I do understand it. And I do have, have a, a deep sympathy. Uh, and I, I want to say that most small black business owners that I know are not really corporations, they, they are communal spaces. And so I want to shout out communal space. And I do believe that should be protected. But I also, uh, and, and, you know, these community enterprises, but I also want to say that we have this unnecessary and ungrounded faith in communal capitalism. And we, we've been taught to believe that starting small businesses and small businesses, you know, will save us and they will and cannot, um, even when they want to and when they work really hard. Uh, and so that, you know, there are business owners that I know and have love for and I, and I want them to be well. But I want to say on a collective level, um, uh, that is not that is an unfortunate consequence of right now. But that is not the primary concern. And anybody uh, who is not centering the subjective experience and, and positionality of young black people right now. So if you're thinking in terms of business owners, if you're thinking in terms of police, if you're thinking in terms of bystanders and you're not understanding why people are upset or the political uh, relevancy or brilliance of responding to police yes. violence by attacking by commerce. By destroying capital. Because capital and commerce is what policing were designed and always are prepared to protect. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I don't want small black people 
small black business owners to be hurt. But on a collective level, and particularly for corporations, destroying glass is not violence. That is destruction of glass. The te- confiscating property is, and, and goods is not violence. Oh, that is taking. schools is violence. And so, <laughs> you know, pushing people out of their homes is violent. Uh, and so violence is about life, right? Uh, and anti-violence is about life. Uh, but also there is always political rel- rel- relativence to attack capital. Oh, we only got like two minutes left. Okay, I'm gonna hop back so, on. Uh, we can we just... also have to go to the press conference at one. If that's some. Okay, something well then I'll try to finish my point in two minutes. Okay. <laughs> and also, I plan to get on get on ergo uh, at some point in the next day or two as well. Um, but I want to say abolition. I want to go back to black communal accountability. Uh, if you stand around spectating, watching black women get abused by police, I can't really understand or justify that in my spirit in any way. Uh, to all of those. Black community f- members who say we need more black police officers, I want you to know that they were a part of brut- brutalizing me. They and, threw and me they, to the ground. They and stomped they, me. They support the system and they don't understand what they're doing. Uh, and so it is not a solution. And so they should not feel comfortable and they should not feel like superior heroes in our community spaces. So all the aunties and grandmas, you you are accountable in this time. All the folks that went to HBCUs, all the fraternities that they like to shout out, you are accountable in this time. Uh, Joe fucking Biden uh, is Barack and Barack Obama uh, is accountable in this time. Also, remember the last time we had an uprising, Barack Obama was president. So all y'all niggas telling us to vote, yeah. nah. Yeah, and and so uh, you know that was really that thing. Y'all should be voting. Oh, ah, uh, so. I might hop back on uh, because they also are so ignorant and dismissive. They kept saying, what are y'all doing? And so I told them, we house, clothe, feed people, educate folks, and we do it all with less than one year of one of your salary. Uh, And then they said, but what do you do for money? I said, that's what I do. Uh, And he couldn't, you can't he say couldn't, shit. couldn't accept or believe that. And so then tried to talk to someone else, uh, basically to say I'm, I'm unemployed. So I just want to say abolish the police. Uh, I might hop back on. I'm going to do other things. It's a lot going on. I'm going to make calls out to folks. We love y'all. Uh, this is about to close in three, two, one. Uh, much love. I appreciate the support. <laughs> Rosie. Daniel. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Look who's here in the studio. It's me. How's it feel to be in here? Well, I was a little nervous Uh earlier, but Mm -hmm. now I'm a little more calm. Wonderful. And I'm staring directly (laughs) into your eyes. But we do that all the time anyway. Yeah, but there's not always all this equipment in between us. Well, maybe this will help. Let's play a game. Okay. So I'm thinking maybe like a taboo. Taboo. Like I'll give you some clues and then you'll have to guess what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Does that know, make sense? I know how to play taboo, Daniel. Oh, you'd prefer if I did not taboo-splain? Yes, please. All right, let's get started. Timer on the clock. Ooh. All right, first up. Okay. It's an independent podcast app. Got it. It embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. Mm-hmm. It has no exclusives. Mm-hmm. No premium content. All right. No paywalls. Great. And it's a great podcast app for everyone. Mm-hmm. Do you think you know it? I think I do. Huh. What do you think it is? It sounds like the Overcast app. Beep, 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 beep. Toots got it. Yay. Look at that. I win. Nicely done. How does one get the app? Well, if one were to want to get the app, one could get it for free in the app store. Fantastic. Cool. You going to check it out? I might. Very wonderfully noncommittal. Excellent. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. Let's get out of here. Bye.